Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as they discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Small Business Sisters. Hello. It is the day after Halloween, so I am struggling. Yeah, so we went into our shop bright and early this morning, and I went like so pumped up. And we dismantled everything fall and flipped it to Christmas. Well, I should say we're in that like part where it's terrible because everything is just torn apart. Mm -hmm. And I was tired and we had to leave because we both had to do stuff. Um, And I just feel very like frazzled. I know it'll look good by Friday, but right now I'm like, oh my gosh, what did we do? Yes, I felt feel that way but with my online shop because I made all of my Christmas stuff last week and took pictures but now it's like getting everything up and going and I'm a little panicked about yes panicked is a good word stock yes but. I just went and got um some jars because I panicked about my jars being out of stock yeah in time for Christmas. So I got some jars. But yeah, I feel like panic is a good word just because everything is still so unknown. Do you feel like, okay, Susie and I were talking about this. I feel like 2020 was really hard on service businesses, Mm -hmm. but I feel, and it was good for retail because of Mm -hmm. like online shopping and everything. But now I feel like it's 2021 has been a lot harder for retail. Yeah. And I don't because know of all the unknown. Like, yeah, like I feel like we don't know the stack. Our things are in stack. We don't know how long it's gonna take. We don't know people's like patterns. I don't know. Yeah, and like usually November and December are pretty slammed for me, but honestly, it's been pretty slow. Yeah, I feel like October, we were waiting for all year. We've been like, okay, October, November, December. Those are the ones that carry us. But yeah, October was not. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's people saving their money or if it's. um, I I have no idea. I have no idea. I honestly couldn't tell you. But it's, you know, it's people are like, well, don't stress about it. But the thing is, is like, I am wanting to buy, like stock my shirts so that I don't have to wait on stock. But then I don't know how much stock to get because usually trends by now you're like, oh, the majority of my people are buying larges or whatever. And there just really hasn't been a trend this year. So I don't know. I know it's still a weird year. So all that to say, shout out to all the the small business owners, because I feel like 21, I don't even know what he's saying. 2021 21 is just still a shit show. <laughs> it is. I was debating if I was going to say it so but. much. I don't think we have any littles that listen to our podcast. <laughs> unless it's mine and they're pretty used to, they're pretty used to that. Um, okay, so we thought along the side, which by the way, if you're, just catching us. If you're just finding our podcast, we did do a whole 
podcast episode about launching for the holidays and how to do that. And so you should be pretty launched by now if you're going to sell for the holidays. But um, if you're not, don't feel bad. Just go listen to that podcast because it is super helpful. And we share with what, about what we've learned the last six, seven years as we've done retail during the holidays. But that's kind of why we're both in shock right now because it's the first <laughs> time in six years that it's it's weird. Yeah, it's there's still so many unknowns. So yeah. hang in there. Yeah, usually I do customs for people um, like in my brick and mortar shop, but I'm at a point right now where I won't take any customs because I can't even guarantee the shirt is in stock like on my back end. So that's just a weird, weird place to be. Yeah. But agreed. We will pivot. <laughs> pivot. As we've done in the past. <laughs> um, so do you want to read yeah. some of the questions? So today we thought we would just go over both of our answers for some of the questions people have been asking on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That, that would be helpful. Yes. So I have our answer box pulled up right now and I'll kind of just read through the questions, Jenny, and you can answer first and then I'll add anything if I need to. Okay. Um, Cause we do these often on our Instagram. If you guys go over there and most of the time, Jenny and I will reply and we, we both have very different answers, <laughs> which is good. Well, most okay. all of the time you reply and then every like five, I <laughs> give a reply. <laughs> I'm okay. just better at replying. So this um, this question box says, what is a struggle right now? So these people are saying, what's a struggle for them? And we'll start with the first one. This is, I guess I won't shout out who said it just in case it's like private, but, um, these are all from businesses and they said saying no is a struggle. So I don't know if she's referencing saying no to orders, saying no to, um, from her handle, I would assume it's orders. Um, yeah, saying no applies to that's a really great statement or question because it applies to so much. And I feel mm-hmm. like oh, my quick answer, as, because as a people pleaser, I really struggle with this because I've had to reframe my thoughts from like, oh, I don't want to be quote unquote mean. Is this mean mm-hmm. to say no? Because I think somewhere along the way, I picked up that it's mean to say no or set boundaries. And I mm-hmm. had to reframe how that's thinking. And a thought that really, really helps me that I always go back to is, is saying yes to this thing or this person saying no to myself or one of my values in some way. So mm-hmm. some of my values right now especially with, I have a junior in high school, I have an eighth grader and a fifth grader. And that junior in high school, like the the clock is on, that's ticking for (laughs) my time with him. And I feel like that was a Christina is up. You're right. The clock (laughs) is on people. And that, so that's one, I think our values, while the main values stay the same, like my exact reason for saying no changes a little bit. And right now, like Trevor is a major reason I say no to a lot of things because I think like, okay, there is a year and a half left of life, like as I know it of all five of us. And so I try to frame um, the my tasks, my daily tasks around when my kids will be home. And that is so different now with teenagers. So I just, 
yeah, I, I kind of go back to like, okay, is saying yes to this thing going to say no to me? Like, am I going to be frazzled to then not be fully present when I am with my five, the five of us? And yeah, I try to say no. That helps me to reframe it of like, okay, I'm saying to look at like Trevor's face and be like, I'm saying no to him to say mm-hmm. yes to this thing, even though it might be great right now. And maybe in this next, the next season, it'll be a great thing. But right now it's no. So yeah, I always look at is saying um, no, saying yes to me in some way. And I feel like this this question is complicated or this worry is complicated because a lot of times I know I've done this as a business owner, especially right now, it feels very slow, like financially. So you think, oh, if I say no to this, you know, this order, it's potentially $200 that could be in my pocket. Or if I say no to this order, they're not going to come back the next time they need this service or product. And so I know I get in my head a lot about that. It's like, well, I'll just say yes, because then there'll be maybe a potential customer or maybe they'll share about it or whatever. But I think it really comes down to what you're saying, Jenny, is like, but is that one new customer worth, you know, whether it be your time with your kids or not, whether it be just be like, for instance, taking it, if someone were to, were to say like, I really want to place a custom order with you right now, but I can't guarantee that it'll be in stock. Like, is it worth me spending extra money finding a place that sure is in stock to, to spend extra money on shipping to ship this one shirt or whatever? I think you just have to weigh all that and then realize, you know what? If this customer, if I say I'm, uh, you know, I don't like saying I'm sorry, but like, um, at this time, I'm not taking any more orders due to the busy holiday season or however you word it. If that person's not going to come back to you the next time they need a product or service, like they're not meant to be your customer. Like, right, right, 100%. And I feel like we've talked about this for a great tactic for saying no is by having your guidelines already set up. So like your guidelines are saying no for you. So for example, I have my wholesale PDF. And when people ask me things around that, I'm always like, oh, my PDF says no. Like it's, it doesn't feel as personal then for me to tell this person, oh, no, me as Jenny won't do it. I say like, no, I have a 10 to 14 day turnaround because of the order volume in front of you or whatever. Like, so when you have those guidelines set up in some mm-hmm. kind of format somewhere for people to see it feels less like you're personally saying no. And the person who asked that looks like they sell baked goods. So I would say to people who wait last minute to get a cake or cookies for an event, like we've said this before multiple times on the podcast, like they're, they waited too long for it to be an inconvenience for you. Like you don't have to go out of your way to. Yeah. That was an Ellie wisdom. She said it was. What she said, your, uh, your emergency uh, is not my emergency. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, your lack of planning has exactly. not become my emergency. Yes. Yes. So we'll leave for that one there. Okay. Someone else said, so what are you struggling with getting new customers? Oh, that's actually a really good one for me. Eliminate space specifically because, um, 
uh, vulnerable moments. I, my October was significantly lower than it has been than all my other Octobers. No, I shouldn't say all my other Octobers, but the goal I had set be based on last October. Mm-hmm. Um, so I meet with Miranda, Marketing for the Uninhibited, and we spent the whole session brainstorming ways beyond social media to market. Because I feel like social media is a great way to market, but then sometimes you have to go back to like the old school wisdom of like... Who's not on social media and how do you yeah. reach them? So like I might even, no, I, I'm saying might, but I am doing this. I am going to make up a little flyer and make it like really personal. Like, hi, I live in your neighborhood and I own a small business with three other family owned businesses in Batavia. Here's what we offer. Here's a little tea light. We would love for you to come visit. Because I feel like even mm-hmm. just my neighborhood is so untapped. I live in North Aurora, which is like, they don't really have a downtown area. So it's, I mean, they're either maybe going downtown Aurora or downtown Batavia, but not necessarily on their everyday like journeys. So I feel like she helped me to see like, that's a really untapped area I could like physically take marketing materials to. So that that's what I'm doing to get yeah. new customers. And I'm going to work on, this might be more January, but I am going to work on SEO on my website and getting people to go to my website just from what they're searching on Google. Mm-hmm. That's good. the way. I did an SEO course a couple of years ago. It was very good. Um, and my advice for getting new customers. So Jenny's right. There's a big handful of people who aren't on social media for various reasons, but especially in the climate we're in right now, I think a lot of people are doing social media fasting and all of that. I think we'll see it a change in that in the new year. But, um, you know, I am somebody that loves social media. And so I'm doing a little bit more right now and much more come January of, you know, engagement is with the people you already have, but a reach is with people you don't already have. And so I'm trying to figure out how to reach those new people, whether it be through reels or TikToks, um, which I really enjoy using. Like if you don't enjoy doing those things, then it's not, it's going to be so much more of a headache. Um, but Facebook and Instagram are pushing video right now. And so to people that don't follow you. And so if you do enjoy reels and TikToks, that's a good way to start to get people that don't already follow you or don't already see you. Um, but yeah, I, something just happened to my AirPods. <laughs> I can like hear an echo. Hopefully it, you can't hear it on the, um, well, that's cause I was actually muting like you do. Did I mess something up? I'm muting. Oh, no, no, no. It's something I like <laughs> pressed my earpod and it did something. Um, so yeah, but getting new customers, you're not alone in that. Sometimes I feel like all a small business needs is exposure and it's figuring out how you get that exposure. Is it in the newspaper? Is it in um, a mailer that you give to your neighbors? Is it on social media? Like you just have to figure out what, ex- how you can get the best exposure for your people. Like Jenny sells really well in person. So she's going to push those things that bring local people in. For me, I'm going to look online and see, um, see what I can do. But I will say come January, if you're still looking to get new customers, look into things like an SEO course or a Pinterest course um, or something that helps you, you know, expand your business a little bit further. 
Oh, and I will add, if you have a product that is um, like consumable, like they're using it up. So like a candle, I just started um, implementing MailChimp and any email service I'm sure has this, like their customer journeys or automations. So like um, I have an email that there's a timer on it. When someone orders a double, then 30 days later, they're going to get an email from me. That's like, Hey, do you want a refill for your double? And so that's, that's like tapping into your current customers mm-hmm. to remind them like, Hey, you have my product and you can get more of it. Yes, that's that's good. That's good. Okay, uh, what are you struggling with right now? Balancing business time and mom time with kids in and out of school. Which, oh, hello, my kids that. are yeah, my kids are out of school today, which I was telling mm-hmm. Jenny is genius because it's the day after Halloween. Um, but also, every time my kids are out of school and they've been in school for a while, I forget productivity for me just heavily decreases, which my kids are older, right? They're more, they're self-sufficient. They're um, 10, how old are they? 10, nine and um, 10, nine and six. Thank you. I could not remember <laughs> um, what, how old my kids were, but they, they are much they're self-sufficient, but they still come in here for little things like, can you make us lunch? And, um, you know, so-and-so did this to me. Um, and so I do, I can't say that I've figured out a balance of, she's at balancing business time and mom time. Um, yeah. And it's that, much easier when they're in school. Yeah. And I will tell you with older kids, so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> physically for my kids. So mine are 16, 14, and almost 11. Um, But I will tell you, this is kind of depressing, but the mom guilt never eases up. So like I, even though I don't have to do anything for them and they would be like totally fine if I wasn't here, I still feel, oh my gosh, like I haven't really been around this week. And I struggle with that. I struggle Mm -hmm. with wondering like, but I, And then another part of me knows like, this is good that, because this is what I think this, I was going to do a post about this. This is kind of how the family ecosystem works. Like maybe I can't make all of their sports games, but because I'm at a work engagement, but like, because I'm doing the work engagement, they get to do all these sports games. So like sometimes to make that whole thing work, sometimes you can't be physically at everything. I don't know. You're, yeah. you're, you're hearing this in very real time. I feel a lot of mom mm-hmm. guilt. And so to answer that question, uh, I don't know how to balance it. I don't know if we're meant to either. balance it. I think uh-huh. it's, it's always kind of a, a jumble. Of and everything. I'm hoping by next summer, I can implement something where, you know, I work solidly eight to 11 or whatever, and then have the rest of the day with them. Because if I can focus for three hours, Hopefully I'll get a lot done to help them. But yeah, I don't think we've achieved balance and we don't even have babies anymore or toddlers that you literally can't take your eyes off of for the times that they're awake. Um, Someone said, I'm struggling with trying to grow, but also not burn out. Oh yeah. Well, to all of these, I just want to speak to 
the paradox of both and like it's okay to be feeling both Mm -hmm. and all at the same time. So Mm -hmm. growing is never going to feel, I think we expect growing to be this like beautiful, magical thing. And while it is, it's also very painful and there's lots of bumps and that's how you grow. It's literally like you're changing shape. (laughs) And so that's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. And I feel like you never get to that point where you're just like, Flying high, unless you're like Jeff Bezos or, uh, you know, somebody who monetarily is super successful because like Jenny shared, she's had a really low month. I've had a really low year in general. And I think people, you know, see like, oh, we each have our own businesses and we have this podcast. And um, I think people are like, oh, they're to the point of growth. And it's like, no, no, this is like come and go. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. And I will say that the times that you're, the times that are hardest are when you feel like you're putting in so much to grow, like she's talking about, but also like there's, you don't see like immediate, when I say immediate, but we've had businesses for six years. You don't see, um, the evidence of growth specifically money, but like just anything like I don't, I have yet to not spend as much time as I did on it three years ago. Like it's not like the time is getting easier or anything like that. So you do, I feel like you are quicker to like go to the point of burnout of like, is this even worth it? Am I doing the right thing? How much more time do I want to put into this? So I can totally see what this person is saying. Yeah. And a great way to like, uh, just to do a quick like visual or hack is you really, sh- I know it takes time, but you really should be tracking like everything. Like each month, maybe write, make a Google sheet or Excel sheet or whatever and have all these columns in a row for December, November, where are we? October. And like, how many customers did I have? How many shirts did I make? How many, what were my actual dollar sales? Mm-hmm. How much did I spend on supplies? Like, seems tedious, but I've been doing that for four of my six years now. And that really, really helps me because I always think I know and I like spin stories of what I think I know. And then I'll actually go back and look and like, oh no, look, that October was like this too. So like seeing those visually kind of helps, or you can go back and look and be like, okay, yeah, something's wrong because this doesn't line up with any of my other things. So like track all those things you want to know. I track scents. Like what I swear, I know what scents do well. And then I go back and like what actually sold and it's different. So like those things are all helpful. Super tedious, can feel like a lot. Shout out to Miranda for making me do that because I'm really grateful. There's been a lot of times lately I have felt really funky about how my month ended up, but then went back and looked at stuff and was like, oh, okay. It was fine. It'll be okay. Um, which someone someone said, what do you do about slowdowns? Like it's going well for a bit and then everything seems to just halt. <laughs> See, I feel like there's a trend happening here. Yeah, I feel like that's... Okay, this is going to sound so dumb, but <laughs> maybe it's not dumb if any of you are economic people. But I've been told to look at like gas prices and whenever gas prices rise usually like there's something across the board that like okay people aren't spending like it usually lines up with that and so 
Well, yeah, it's the rule of supply and demand. Yeah, like it's for sure. It, and the, gas the demand is up are because high. we're well, exactly because the demand is up because everyone's going back to work. They're traveling again. So for so long, the gas prices were so low because during COVID, no one left their house, and they were like, "Well, we've still got to sell gas." Like. This is the thing. So then when the demand went back up, that's why you see gas prices usually trend higher around holidays because they know people are going to be traveling. So they have no other, they have to buy gas. And so when the demand is up, you can, you can charge more because people have to get it. It's almost like if you own a bakery and around Christmas time and May, but I say May, like around Christmas time and like Mother's Day, the holidays where you're going to buy a lot of cookies or whatever, they can up their prices because then it keeps the people that are going to be high maintenance customers or complainers, but it keeps them out because it's just the people that are willing to invest this amount of money in it. So, I mean, it makes sense to watch the gas price trends, but the demand is definitely back up from during COVID. Cause like my husband's not back at work yet, but so many people are back at work. And so the commute, they're starting to commute again. And all of that. Yeah. So I think when it comes to a halt, I mean, that's another just good plug for just measure that each month. So, cause, cause sometimes it can feel like a halt, but Uh it really isn't, Mm -hmm. or maybe it feels like a halt in your brick and mortar, but then you actually look like, Oh, but my wholesale or my online sales were up a little bit. So then you can just, that helps, you know, where to focus, where to work on something. Um, okay. I asked one of the next question boxes is with the holiday season coming up, what are you nervous about? And so we got a few nervous things that maybe we can either identify with and make them not feel alone or have an answer. So someone said not having enough time to make, not having time to make enough for in-person events and e-commerce. Yeah, that's, that is hard for in-person events. I say like. I mean, what you make and what you bring is (laughs) you have a great, like if you're sold out of something there, then you give them your card and you're like, here, you Mm -hmm. can place an order online. I do make to order online. Yeah. That's what I say. Like when people come in light and pine and let's say they want a doble in a certain scent, but I don't have any there. I'm like, oh, well, here you go. You can place your order online and pick up in the shop. Uh, I make it to order. So it'll be ready in five days. Yeah. So, and that drives people then that were in person to your website. So mm-hmm. then you capture that um, email or what contact info. So yeah, don't feel bad about that. If anything, it makes people realize like, oh, this business, like people like this business. It's <laughs> selling stuff. So um, I okay. Good. I want to speak to this one because I just made a post about this because it's something that's been on my heart lately. She said, I'm nervous about not getting any sales and feeling like a failure. So obviously you can tell from our podcast today, like you're not alone in feeling that way. We can get in our own way a lot. But something that I shared this week, if you listened to when Tammy um, Helfrich was on our podcast, I asked her like, well, what's your definition of success? And I really liked the definition she gave. And so I just kind of you know, changed a few words and applied it to myself. But she said success to her is like doing what she loves, but showing up as her um, in those spaces. And so I took that and was like, okay, I, it's really important to me to be authentic. It's really important to me to give other people space to be authentic. 
And it's really important that that shows up in my business, in my motherhood, in being a wife, being a sister, being a friend, whatever. Like, so I was like, that's my success. Um, but you know, in our society, we've always tied money to it. And so I've really been trying to tell myself like success isn't about money and it's hard. It's really hard to reset our minds to that. Cause it's easy to be like, Oh, this job position, or I'm bringing in this much a month. I am like success or fail. So to your point, Janet, there, there might not be an, or, but an, and, and like, you can maybe be not getting any sales and feeling like a failure in that aspect, but that you're using that time to, you know, be more present at your kids' games or um, show up and say like, I'm not getting very many sales, but I'm going to work on this, this, and this. Maybe it's my picture taking, maybe it's my SEO, like whatever. And so I see that as you being authentic with yourself and saying like, this is the facts of what's happening right now, but then using that to just get better and do better and grow from what we quote unquote would call failure, but it's really not. Right. Yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. I would say when I feel most successful is when I feel that like aliveness in me, like I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm in the creative zone. People are like responding to me as a person and a maker. And I feel alive and I feel joy from that. Um, That's when I feel successful. Usually if I have a ton of orders and slammed, I feel frazzled. I feel like I can't do it. I feel like imposter syndrome. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like, I almost don't feel successful when I get too overwhelmed with orders. And what I think that is, is we think we want all this business, but you have to grow in an organic way Mm -hmm. and get your business to that place where you can handle all these sales. I could not handle like through the roof sales as myself, like Louis can't do that right now. So while like in my head, I think like, oh, that would be successful. Mm -hmm. No, it wouldn't because that would like put me under the ground in so many other ways. (laughs) So I feel like And then you'd end up feeling like a mom failure failure in some other way that you can't show up. Yeah, I know my anxiety would be through the roof. I'd wait. Can you imagine like all the bad customer service emails you have the potential of getting with all these customers? Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so the last one about what they need help with is boosting their online sales, which we've mentioned a little bit in here. I would definitely um, look at your SEO. It stands for search engine optimization. It's very complicated, um, but it's, um, you know, you kind of have to put yourself in your customer's position. I ask your people. I actually just did a question box on my shop page that was like, Hey, when you go to look for shirts, what do you type in the search bar? And I got maybe 50 something responses of what they type in the search bar. And it was like boho shirt cute or, uh, you know, all of these things that and my customers literally gave me what they search. And so that to me is, you know, I can then go and apply everything from the SEO course I learned. But ask your people like, hey, when you go on to look for a cake decorator in the area or, you know, a candle maker or boutique or 
whatever it is, is piano lessons, whatever you're selling, ask them what they search for, because that's basically what you're doing is you're putting yourself in their position on your SEO and saying, if somebody searches this, pull up my listing. If someone searches this, pull up my shop. If someone searches this. So it takes a lot of... Um, I think it takes a lot of research, but you have your ideal target market on the other end of your screen that you can ask. I mean, people will give you information when you ask. Yeah. And another great resource I just learned is hashtags are often like Google search terms. So like you look at the hashtags you use a lot and then like separate them into phrases and Mm -hmm. use them as Google search terms. And then shout out to Lisa. She she soars digital.com. I just did her SEO um, course and she said the number one thing you can do. So here's one action step you can do today is go fix your about page on your Mm -hmm. website. She said like your about page is the most visited page. And then on your about page, like fill it in with words, those words people are searching. So she said the number one thing is do like candle shop in Batavia. That is like huge. And that's nowhere on my site. So like I could even Mm -hmm. write this story on my about page is I make phthalate free soy candles. There's a phrase people use. I have a brick and mortar candle shop in Batavia, Illinois. Like those phrases, Uh that's what the Google spiders are like crawling. Yeah. You just like put those all over your language in your site that really mm-hmm. helped me because SEO can feel so overwhelming I was like I don't mm-hmm. know what to but yeah you just fill your site with words and phrases that people are using to talk about you another way you can look at that Miranda for marketing from the uninhibited said was look at reviews people give you because the language they're using in reviews will tie back to you so like mm-hmm. just go read all your reviews and pull phrases from that and put it on your website yeah or that's helpful and I will say though, I don't think this is the time of year you should be worrying about boosting your online sales. Obviously, it's Christmas time, but I do think you'll have natural sales throughout the Christmas season. Put that like on a goal sheet, put it on a to-do list to do in January. Cause it unless you are a health and wellness business, I don't think January will be like. I mean, I'm sorry, this sounds really mean, but January is just a slow month for a lot of people. So um, keep all of that stuff that you can do to get better and grow for January. And um, yeah, anything else, Jen? No, I think that's it. Okay, well, we hope everyone has a great day or evening whenever you're listening to this and um, be looking for that question box because we'll put it up about once a week because we'll go and answer those on our stories. But also, I think we'll do many more of these Q&A pieces. And also, there's going to be a box asking you what you want to hear about because we need we're going to take a little bit of a break for Christmas on the podcast, but we want to fill up those episodes beforehand for stuff that practical things that you guys want to hear um, during your busy season. Cause we do know that while we think that you drop everything to listen to our podcast, <laughs> we do know that it's a busy season. So we want to make it useful and worth your time. So everybody have a great day and we will see you next time. Bye. 
Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.